Mine's good. Come on, Brent. Life's good. Got real close. Got hair high, right? Trying to hit two thirds. Have they saved it for her? Yes, they have. Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham. Scott is on site at the Leon Center in Kingston, Ontario. Hello, Scott. Hey, Sean. I am here uh, watching the players get ready for evening practice. Yeah, so who's out there tonight? Uh, uh, right now, Team Nunavut is out there, and that's the only ones right now. Okay. Oh, I lied. There are some Team New Brunswick folks on uh, Sheet D. Okay. And uh, New Brunswick, of course, has that cool setup where they have some phones or whatever it is they do on tripods, so uh, pretty yeah. cool yeah. Uh, to see New Brunswick. Of course, they're still in the running. Uh, now, Scott, you were there all day today, and as you put it last night, I uh, spent the day convalescing here in the nation's capital uh doing a little better today Good. than i was yesterday i was able to sit up for you know about 45 minutes at a time today which is a little better than i could do yesterday well yeah that's good sean i'm, I'm glad to hear that uh yeah you, you don't have you don't have covid19 do you no i do not uh, i'm not sure what i have i don't like i don't feel nauseous like i haven't been sick to my stomach or anything uh, it's just sort of chills, at least, mm. but, I, I'm, but I'm like sweating and I have the chills. It's weird, but uh, it, it's a, you know, if this is going to happen to you, which I hope it doesn't happen to people, but of course it does. These sort of flu symptoms go around this time of year. This is, I guess, a good week to have it happen. Yeah, you got curling on TV all day, so uh, so why not, right? Yeah, so let's start with uh, what we just saw here. Uh, the night game or the feature game that we started with let's not talk about that right now let's start about with what we literally just saw is matt dunstone and saskatchewan beating kevin cooey and team canada and i i do not want to sound like i'm taking anything away from matt dunstone and his team but but they have gotten so many misses late in games from other teams skips that it's really quite remarkable and uh, and it's not i don't think in, in some of these cases it's a matter of them really putting teams in super difficult spots right kevin cooey missing a blank attempt is crazy that that mm-hmm. doesn't happen john epping missed a, the draw on the 10th end this afternoon by 30 feet yeah like that and Jim Cotter missed his last two when they had the big comeback. Like, they have really been the beneficiaries of some good breaks. Now, Matt Dunstone did not miss a shot today. Yeah, that's right. He, it's, he threw two perfect games. So, like, you, you don't take you, – you, you take the conditions that you have. You win the games that are in front of you. I, I, my question, though, Scott, is you're there in person. Do you think that what they're doing is sustainable moving into the championship pool, which they have now booked their place into? Yeah, well, Sean, uh, when Matt Dunstone curls 100%, it's doable. I mean, <laughs> like, yeah, you do need to get some help from from your own team. You, you have to play well. And against a team like Kevin Cooey, you know, he threw 93% tonight. It's not like he threw a bad game. He had a bad miss when he couldn't afford it. Right. Right? So, And then even at that, you know, Saskatchewan, they played a good... Uh, a good 10th end, but 
that said, they still need to uh, make the draw when it counts, and he made it. So, yeah. so there you go. Yeah, that's true. And he, he made the shot, and yeah, that's all he can do. Um, this afternoon, though, what was going on with John Epping? And first act that draw to win the game. What was there any sort of like Lang kicked it? Lang kicked it well before it got to the hog line. Yeah, it's uh, it's been sort of happening since yesterday. So they had the whole day off yesterday until last night. Uh, I believe John Epping was in the 30s at a, at a certain point last night Ooh. in his percentage. He had no feel for draw weight. Uh, it has been humid here the last couple of days uh, with rain and, and stuff, stuff happening. So the, the speed was a lot different. That said, it didn't seem to bother the other skips as much. You know, like uh, everyone I've talked to has sort of said, you know, yeah, it was a little bit frosty tonight, but the speed's still pretty good. Um, it's just John seems to not be confident in the speed, and he's not figuring it out. Right. So, you know, they have all day off tomorrow, right? They play Jamie Cooey, Northwest Territories, tomorrow night in a game that they obviously need to win in order to have a chance to to move forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're really in the running right now with James Gratton and his team who play the Territories in the morning, and then they play wildcard tomorrow night. And uh, Team Ontario is going to need them to lose one of those games uh, to have a chance to make it into a tie break. So, you know, they're really behind the eight ball now to just even get into the championship pool, let alone get into uh, the playoffs at the end of the week. Yeah, yeah. As we've talked about, uh, three losses, basically, you have to, you have to win out. So uh, they're behind it. They know it. And yeah. uh, I expect them to come out strong tomorrow afternoon. All right. Uh, so another team that uh, came out, uh, that, that has three losses, but a very different way of getting there. I want to talk about what you're seeing there, Scott, from Brad Jacobs in Northern Ontario. Two very much needed wins today over Quebec and Nova Scotia. Two teams that, frankly, they should beat. Uh, tomorrow they play Nunavut, and if they don't win that, then Nunavut should petition Curling Canada to have the national championship be only Northern Ontario and, and Nunavut, and then they'd win the national championship. Uh, yeah. Yeah, with, uh, <laughs> with the women's team beating uh, Kristen McCarvel, yeah. Yeah, so so yeah, but you would expect them to win. You expect them to be four and three. The way that pool's shaping up, that should get them something moving forward. And it's a team, Scott, that they, they the the losses that they've had, with the exception to Alberta, but even even that, Brendan Botcher was just out of his head that game, right? The the crazy measure lost to Gunlickson, that crazy game last night against. Brad Gushu. I mean, they've been super close. They're they're not a typical three and three team, and they're a team that you know we haven't seen anybody go into the championship pool with three losses and come out into a playoff spot since the format started. But these guys are certainly good enough to run the table, and if they're getting their momentum, getting that confidence back, it's going to be scary. Yeah, that's that's one of the things about this team, right? Is most of the time the four and three teams that come out of uh, the pool play sort of those borderline teams, you know, like BC that we saw with the women, uh, somebody like in Ontario on the women's side a couple of years ago come through. Uh, they're not what we think of as contenders for the, the championship. Uh, yeah. this, this team is different. I, uh, I actually had a chance, Sean, to talk to 
uh, Rick Lang this afternoon about the team and about what they're looking for. Yeah, so I wanted to ask you, as somebody who's known these guys a long time, yeah. uh, we've seen Team Jacobs face some adversity yeah. in the last couple of years and not be able to respond perhaps as, as well as they'd like. <laughs> what uh, what makes this team different this year? Well, you know, um, that, that was a goal of ours to be resilient right from the beginning of the year, and I agree. I think their, even their own self-assessment was they're great front runners, but then, you know, uh, winning the big ones and, and coming from behind. So resilience was something that they wanted to work on all year. And they've come back a lot this year. If you look at their scorecards, they've also lost the first game of uh, slams and then run the table. So it's uh, something they wanted to be part of their identity. Mark helps a lot with that. He's yeah. a pretty calm, cool guy. And uh, they're doing a lot of things to kind of talk things through um, before and after games. Good habits. Good habits. Right yeah. on. And uh, your first chance to watch this Quebec team close yeah. up. I wondered if you had any thoughts on them. Uh, uh, and, and sort of where they stand looking yeah. into the future. Yeah, well, it's kind of neat, uh, fun young team. I said the coach at the end, it's a really good-looking young oh. team you got mm -hmm. there, you know, just get, gain a little more experience and keep training them. He says they don't play a lot. I said, well, that's Steve McCarville doesn't play a lot either, and they just train hard, and I think you can, you know, be really good and get really good at this game doing that. Do you see any similarities between them and a young Jacobs team? Oh, absolutely. I remember, ago? yeah, when, when these guys were 20, 21, 22, um, they were a little calmer than Jacobs was at that age. <laughs> yeah. You know, I remember them throwing a lot of rooms. They were pretty fired-up guys, but, uh, yeah, no, they throw it well, and you could tell just tonight we had a lot of curl, and they were just a little bit soft on their releases, and that, you get used to that on arena ice, so the more they get to play in this kind of setting, the better they'll they'll be. Right on. Thanks yeah. a lot, eh? You're welcome. All right, so so a good message there, I think, Scott, from uh, Rick Lang, just about the perspective and keeping positive. It's a long week, right? And and, and certainly Rick Lang's been around long enough to know uh, what this team needs to do. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, as you heard Rick talk about there, uh, he gave some praise to Team Quebec, who uh, who Northern Ontario was able to beat uh, this afternoon, and. Uh, they're a really good young team, and uh, I think they're a team to look out for uh, going forward. Only one win so far, but, uh, you know, the, they've got all the skills. It's just about bringing everything together. Yeah, absolutely. We, uh, we, we've certainly been impressed uh, impressed by them. Uh, but, yeah, with the only one win, they're, of course, eliminated from championship pool play. Uh, elsewhere around the rinks tonight's... Uh, Tough day for Jamie Murphy, which, of course, makes me sad. He loses two games uh, to Northern Ontario and to Alberta this afternoon. Uh, it was a tough break, uh, but those are two teams that, frankly, he he is going to you know need them to miss a lot, and that was not going on this afternoon. That that Alberta game was the TV game, and or at least for a while, and then uh, and they were just off. Right, they were rolling out a lot. They you know a lot of quarter shots, a lot of half shots. And you might be able to get away with that against some teams in this field. Not many, uh, but you certainly can't get away with that against Alberta. And the final score was 6-2, but it certainly wasn't that close. No, it felt like more for sure. Uh, so, yeah, tough day for, for Jamie Murphy. He's got Manitoba tomorrow. If he can eke out a win there against Jason Gundlickson, uh, he'll be in a position to be in a tiebreaker uh, more likely than not. So, uh, you know, uh, it's possible. I'm going to say uh, that nothing's, nothing's impossible when it comes to yep. uh, Jamie Murphy. Is that how, that's how you feel, I'm sure. That's how I feel, for sure. And, uh, yeah, it'd be nice to, to see a tiebreaker Thursday morning, uh, some free curling here. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Uh, so you mentioned he plays Manitoba. Let's 
talk about Manitoba, Scott, and uh, what Jason Gunlickson did today. One game today, it was this morning, against Brian Cochran and his team. And Jason Gunlickson makes a double run to win, to score three. He's down two in the 10th. And I, I, I don't know, Scott. This was a case when I, I was watching it, and Brian Cochran plays his last one. He's playing a freeze, and they're not really sweeping it. And it comes, I don't know, six, eight inches short of the freeze. And Brian Cochran says something like, why aren't they sweeping? Why didn't they sweep that? And I thought the same thing because I thought it opened the door to a three. Not the way Gunlickson made it, mind you, but it, it – Great shot. Like, don't get me wrong. But let's start with the PEI side of it. I feel as though that was a pretty big miss and a, a miss in line call or weight judgment, whatever you want to call it, from that. That's a mistake that I would expect, with all due respect, Quebec to make. You know, an inexperienced team who's not as familiar with the necessities of rock management and rock positioning. Yeah, to me, it looked like it was a team that's maybe not that experienced on this kind of ice you know it it was dying once it got to the slide path it was gliding pretty good and then you know like you say it just just in the forefoot there it it really stopped and felt uh felt like the sweepers weren't expecting it to stop like the way it did uh tough you know it's a tough uh a, a tough way to lose absolutely uh of course, that swings the standings, right? Prince Edward Island drops yep. to the three losses, and Manitoba stays uh, afloat with uh, with only two. So, and it, it was a game that PI basically controlled the whole game, right? Yeah. Uh, Gunlickson was frustrated. He was, uh, you know, he couldn't make a draw well, all day. Well, no, and he shot 65% in total, and I think his draw percentage was below 50. Yeah. So. Yeah, a really tough loss for the Islanders there, but they got the whole day to, uh, you know, forget about it. Maybe go get a massage, sit in the hot tub, <laughs> who knows, right? Uh, yeah. Get ready for their two-game day tomorrow where they're going to have to win uh, win both of them. Yeah, and they're playing Newfoundland and Labrador and Alberta, so uh, oh. a bit of a buzzsaw, buzzsaw <laughs> there. They really needed that one, I think, this morning against Manitoba, and Gunner gets... Nunavut in the morning before the aforementioned game against uh, Jamie Murphy tomorrow night. What, what, uh, which, did you, what did you think of that celebration, Sean? That was... I, I, we were on the media bench when he made the shot against Quebec the other day. Uh, I think it was Price Atkinson said that, you know, he'd never seen that much emotion out of Jason Gunlickson. And, you know, it's, it's, it's true. He's, he's a guy who... He, he has, he's a running dialogue, but it's not a very emotional dialogue um, out there. I mean, it was intense. I, I, I like, it was loud. It was like when they showed the replay. I mean, he jumped like twelve times as high as Cooey did when he won the Olympic berth. Not her. Um, <laughs> yeah, that means he jumped twelve inches in the air. Um, <laughs> but it, it's, I, I was a little surprised to see it. I mean, it's a great shot. It was fun. To, it was fun. I was there for it. I was just, I was surprised. I was almost a little taken aback. I think Mudrick and Kathy were too. They're like, this guy doesn't do that. Like, so it was kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it seemed to me like it was an outpouring of pure joy that, uh, it I, was, it was nothing against like 
like trying to rub it in the opponent's face. It was, no, it was just like, no. oh my goodness, I can't believe I did this. This is this is what curling is, right? Uh, yeah, it should be the, the joyous moment when they yeah. when well, they I managed think, to win. I, I think it was partly relief too because yeah. he had struggled so much personally uh, during the game. Yeah, yeah, you're you're 100 percent right there. He was definitely relieved uh, to get yeah. that. So uh, yeah, uh, you could, and you could tell if, there was a great moment in the game. You could tell how frustrated he was getting. Um, there was a shot. I can't. It was late in the game, eighth, ninth end, and Connor Negevin is the inside sweeper, and he's he's pounding the rock the whole way. He's he's going hard, mm-hmm. and Jason Gunlison just yells, "You gotta sweep it, Connor!" <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's like he's doing the best he can. Stop. Oh, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, well, so he you gave, can tell he was a little wrapped he, up. He gave him a big hug right after, right? So, uh, he did. You he know, did. He, he thanked him appropriately. <laughs> um, so that was not the only great finish we had today. The other one, of course, this afternoon, Kevin Cooey in the game against Mike McEwen, uh, down 2-1 playing the 10th end, and he makes a very thin triple to crack a deuce and win the game. Now, Scott, you were in the building for it. Russ saw it right away on the broadcast. Uh, what was the vibe in the building? Was there a buzz? Uh, there was a bit of a buzz. I also saw it right away, but I, I wasn't sure he'd play it. Uh, I, I thought that he might have to try and stick the shooter uh, based on the angles from where I saw. I sort of thought the the, the back one would jam. But, uh, you know, the thing is, Cooey has like a minute left on on uh, his clock, no timeouts, he sort yeah. of looks at it and goes, eh, all right, let's do it. And just, uh, no big deal, make a triple for two and win the game. It was it was yeah. a, one of the most Kevin Cooey moments, you know? Yeah. I saw, I, like, he, so he ended the game with 18 seconds on his clock. Uh, Wildcard had 29. Uh, overall, yeah. though, Sean, this game was, like, pretty boring until... McEwen gets forced in nine, uh, and then it's sort of game on for for Kevin Cooey in that tenth end. Yeah, but what was interesting though to me, because it wasn't the TV game the whole time, but you know when they went over and they were like, "Hey, they're short on time," and it's a one-one game. <laughs> like, how, like, why? How is this happening? Like, you know, even if there's a lot of rocks in play early and ends, by the time you get to the end, if there's blanks, you know, things have been cleared out, and you can at least bank, you know, two or three shots. So I was a little confused on that. Um, but, you know, it was interesting. You mentioned that you weren't sure if you would have taken that uh, or, or made that play on the shot. And you mentioned that you thought he might not take it on. Actually, Russ said something like or Vic said something about that. You know, would he not just draw and try to steal? And, and Russ was like, well, you know, that's in the old times. That's what we would do. But, you know, now they want to win it in the moment. And part of that, I think, is analytics and understanding how hard it is to steal. Kevin Cooey, he uh, gets that win, then falls tonight, as we talked about. Uh, anything else? Uh, who else did you get to talk to today, Scott? Well, Sean, uh, after the game tonight in which Team Wildcard wrapped up a playoff berth uh, with their big win against Team Ontario, I talked uh, to Reed Carruthers about uh, looking forward and how their team's been able to succeed so far this week questions for you about uh, the day first of all sounds good uh, pretty good day for you guys uh, got beat on a cooey can't do much about that yeah and, uh, played really well yeah uh, I wondered uh, with 
all the games being an afternoon evening session from now on, how do you guys uh, prep for those kind of days? Yeah, you know, it's... I guess like when you play a game like we had um, earlier versus Cooey, it went to full 10 ends. And it was one of those ones where you needed even five, 10 minutes on the ice afterwards to digest what just happened sure. and, you know, kind of cool down because it was such a barn burner. Um, and then, yeah, you got a tight turnaround and all of a sudden you're you're playing like the number one or two ranked team in the world. So uh, this Briar field is, is absolutely incredible. So for us, uh, moving forward, you know, the draw schedule is going to be like that. Um, I think we've clinched um, championship round now, which is huge. So, you know, we're going to be in that two and seven, two and seven uh, draw. So for us, uh, yeah, we're going to have to make sure we plan ahead, you know, plan that we even play extra end. So we might have to just get some get some food and stick it in a fridge somewhere because uh, there's not a whole lot of time uh, to debrief after a game and get ready for the next game. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, Notice your team has been really good with communication at this Briar. Is that a point that you've been working on? Yeah, I, I, I think we've done done a really good job of that you know the provincials uh we had some shots that we probably we messed up because it was getting a little chaotic and you know we got we got more going on more noise here uh and i think our communication is even cleaner so so that's so i think it's uh from our practice and the prep that we put in that was really good and and also we're a lot more confident with how each other are throwing it we we we'd spent a lot of time uh working on you know line of delivery to sync up so that uh there wasn't any goofy throws coming at Skipper. Right on. And uh, confidence, a lot of confidence in Mike calling the game. Yeah, yeah. No, he's been calling a really good game. Um, you know, there's maybe one or two shots a game where we have uh, have a team discussion, uh, you know, but there's there's always different ways of playing the game. But he's, you know, he's he's one of those guys that always thinks uh, one, two, even three shots ahead. So um, there's always there's always a, a method to some of the madness. And, and you know, my job is just to... Uh, try to try to get him in in the zone and he's in there right now right on and uh, real quick what was going on there on the ice uh, before the game yeah. uh yeah there's just like there was a um look like a scraper um blade scratch almost like a bit of a a bit of a crevice oh, okay. it was only about a foot and a half uh long but you know maybe a centimeter wide so you could feel it with your slider as you're going over it so we had the had the ice makers come over in the official just to make sure that we didn't think it would affect the actual stones going over that path and you know after playing on the sheet i don't i don't think it had any real effect on it right on uh, good yeah. luck in the okay. championship pool. thanks a lot All right, take nice care. meeting you buddy Okay, so some interesting comments there from Reed Carruthers. You know, we, I, I've talked about it earlier in the week, or we both have. We've been impressed with them both. Obviously, on the ice, has played really well. But just in terms of the team dynamic and the role that he's had, really being the leader on that team and the voice of reason and separating the front end and their energy from Mike McEwen, I think it's been really effective. And, and obviously, the results are there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're uh, no doubt playing really, really well. And... You know, when you get cooed uh, for your only loss, uh, nothing to hang your head about for sure. No, so they are into the championship pool. They uh, certainly an improvement over last year for them. So uh, all credit yeah. to them. Uh, uh, just looking forward to tomorrow, Sean. Uh, do any games stand out for you there? Obviously, the ones we've spoken about that have playoff implications uh, will be the important ones. Yeah. Uh, I am not going to be on site tomorrow, Sean. I'm, I'm taking a field trip Yeah. down to Toronto to watch uh, Hamilton with our mother. Yes, so that'll be very exciting for you. So I will be on TV duty during the day. Again, this is assuming that I can 
you know, sit up. Uh, yeah, you'll which, be on uh, the on the Twitter, and uh, I've been I've been pretty active on there lately. So uh, yeah, you're doing a good job, buddy. Oh, thanks, man. I I just try to think what would Sean type. <laughs> um, yeah, so tomorrow morning, the TV game's going to be PEI Newfoundland and Labrador. Otherwise, I mean. Gratton against Jamie Cooey, that'd be fun just to hear have the mics on. Uh, yeah. But in terms of playoff implications, not really much unless Nunavut can pull off an upset against Manitoba there. Uh, tomorrow afternoon, again, sort of some mismatches here. I, I'm guessing the TV game will be Nova Scotia-Manitoba. I don't know if they've announced that yet. Uh, but that, that'll be a big one uh, for Jamie Murphy trying to bring, bring Gunlickson back to three losses create a tie there uh, and then tomorrow night in if you're looking at any sort of premier matchup for the day i think you're going to be looking for a while <laughs> you yeah know, you'll so. pro- it'll probably be gratton against mike McEwen. so it's just the way of break there's no way to know this at the start of the week but you, you know a lot of matchups tomorrow are either teams that are already out of it playing each other or or pretty big mismatches. So we do have the potential for an exciting upset or two, uh, mm. but we don't have the marquee matchups that we've had so far this week. No, maybe not. Uh, maybe not so far, but, you know, I'll be in the building hopefully by the end of the evening draw, hopefully like halfway through, I'll be able to get back and, uh, you know, ask some questions of the players and, and you know, see how the day unfolds and what the championship pools are going to look like uh, at the end of the day. Good stuff as we look forward to the championship pool and uh, no shortage of marquee matchups once we get there, Scott. No, that'll be uh, all sorts of marquee matchups. So uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it'll be some great curling. We've already seen a ton of great curling here so far this week in Kingston and uh, you know, no sign that it's going to stop anytime soon. No, we've definitely gotten our money's worth uh, there at the 2020 Tim Hortons Briar. So, uh, so at least from the nation's capital, Scott, I think I think we've wrapped it up. Yeah, I think that's everything for now. Beautiful. Uh, I we will uh, you know have our eyes on the on the screens tomorrow and uh, be back with you tomorrow evening. Uh, hopefully, Sean will you know be upright and the the tweeting won't take too much out of him. I hope not. I hope you're uh, able sending to get... a text. Like, I, I've slowly gotten more energy through the day this morning when I had to send a text. That uh, whew, <laughs> really, really took it out of me. Yeah, so, uh, I noticed you didn't answer mine until uh, later tonight. So I yeah, it's uh, it, it took a while. So uh, you know, but uh, you know, I've created a nice little cocoon for myself. Uh, I can't I can't see the TV from my bed, so I've created a little mini bed cocoon thing in my living room. So uh, it's it's worked out as well as one could expect. While onward and upward, John. Yeah, so uh, so enjoy the show. Safe travels tomorrow, Scott. Thanks, eh? And uh, we'll be back with you uh, tomorrow night. As always, do follow along at Game of Stones Pod on Instagram and Twitter for all the fun and frivolity from Kingston. And uh, do subscribe to the show if you have not yet, as we're doing these daily episodes through the event, wherever it is you get your show, including Spotify. Give the likes, ratings, all that good stuff. And if you have any questions that you want Scott to ask any of the players, send us an email at Game of Stones Podcast at Gmail. Dot com or through social media and scott can do his best yes i'll do my best i'm i'm not great at asking questions but i'm getting there 
So, uh, so Scott, head over to the patch, head across the street, have a drink, or go back to the hotel, get some sleep for your uh, journey tomorrow. Right on. I will uh, likely go for a beer. And uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. All right. Sounds good. Everybody, have a great night out there. Have a good Wednesday. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. But until then, keep your brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern. Make the final...